What's up? It's Williams and Bloom on your Wednesday, the 23rd of August. Time to get after it. Talk some Iowa State football as the season. This is the final week of the offseason. I know week zero doesn't count when you're talking clones. And um, I don't know about you all, but I don't think I've ever been more ready for an offseason to end. I want to thank our sponsor, MacDyne, before I bring Bloom and fire up some English here on your Wednesday uh, Mechdyne is, I've told you about it before, they're the reason we're here, not just that they sponsor what we do here on the Cycle and Fanatic Podcast Network. Their uh, CEO is a dear friend of mine, a mentor of mine, uh, and he, this was kind of his idea. He thought that uh, Bloom and I could do this weekly show and that it would be a hit, and um, then we decided to bring it to Wednesday. So here we are. We thank them. We wouldn't be here without them. And I couldn't highly recommend a company more to anybody if you're out there looking for a job. Uncertain times, mechdyne.com, M-E-C-H-D-Y-N-E.com. Check them out there, the presenting sponsor of Williams & Bloom Wednesday. All right, with that, let's fire up a little English for the final Wednesday podcast before the 2023 football season, and I'll bring in Brent Bloom. Apologize if you guys heard that little uh, ankle biter. My uh, uh, shout out to my brother and sister-in-law, Justin and Alexa. They had a baby recently. Natalie, welcome to the family. And their their little ankle biter dog has been staying at the house. That dog hates me. <laughs> Why does that she dog does. hate me? Like literally, I not a fan of Brent Bloom. I've never met an animal, a warm-blooded animal, human or otherwise, that dislikes me more than that dog does. Bloom was here for the Sunday show, and that dog was just foaming at the mouth, wanting to eat his ears. It was like Hawkeye Twitter come to life <laughs> in, dog, in dog form. My God. God, the Twitter is just on edge. It's it's on edge. Yeah, we need the season to start in the worst of ways. Gambling deals has been bad for everybody. Uh, there, these there's like these nil wars. That, like, I'm just like, am I here? Let me ask before we get into today's topic, which is the quarterbacks. Am I getting old? Yeah. Or is it just does it bother me more now than it did five years ago because I'm older, or has it gotten worse? I guess yes. I am getting old. I know that. Thank you for that. Appreciate that. I don't. I don't know. I this season, it just. I mean, we're we're arguing about everything. We're <sighs> we just got to get to the season. Let's go. Like, I, I feel like somehow, and again, it's. I, I understand why. I mean, I'm not a public figure, but I guess because I'm running the Iowa State. Collective, I, it kind of, kind of. I was like, uh, this season needs to start so they can find a new enemy. I don't know who that would be. Maybe it's. Hey, I'm glad it's you now. It yeah, was me yeah. for a long time. You're welcome, pal. <laughs> it was me for a long time. Oh, gosh. We just, you know, we've got to move it over to the quarterback or the offensive coordinator or something here. Yeah, well, be, give it time. Yeah. Uh, give it about a week, and you'll be yeah. off the hook. It, it's just be nice to each, every, uh, to each other, everybody. Yeah. My God. 
Um, yeah, we're ready, ready, ready for football. It's hard to believe we got we got games. You're going to Vegas, and then we'll yeah. be in Jack Trice here in yeah. nine days. Full disclosure: we did we recorded this show on on Tuesday because of my trip to Vegas for Iowa. Everywhere I'll be at Circa all weekend doing their um, pro football contest stuff uh, promotions, which is really cool. I'm glad that they asked us. Really excited to be there. Um, if you do, if you are listening to this, we are. This is up on YouTube. This was not a live show, but it is up on YouTube. We'll try and do as many of these as possible. Um, the, the the ladies from Title Nine uh, got in on Monday and did their show in the studio. That's up on YouTube. Um, and then we had our first football and random things of the year. That'll be a weekly show. Um, they got in studio on Tuesday morning, so a lot of use being put to that brand new wild rose casino studio in Ankeny. And, uh, we appreciate all of our, um, the, the, the beautiful furniture that we got from Nebraska furniture Mart to, to put that thing in there. But yeah, we, we want to encourage people to, to subscribe to that cyclone fanatic YouTube channel. Cause there's just going to be more content. It's not going to be a lot of like new content, but there'll be more of our podcasting content funneled there from now on and and i'm gonna do my best and aiden and we're all gonna do our best to make sure we have as much of that going there as possible i cannot always promise you that everything will make it there because there's just limits when it comes to recording sometimes but the technology's gotten a lot better and it's a lot easier just for us to upload it and and do it that way but we couldn't do any of it without our great sponsors of course we're fueled by cody road i could use a cody road bourbon tonight Probably we'll skip it. It is Tuesday, however. Um, and, I, and I'm hopeful, Brent, that we'll have more celebratory Cody Rhodes on yeah. Saturdays this year because, well, frankly, um, we had we had, some, we had a tough one last year. Tough year. We had a good September. We yeah. had a good first three games. Had a lot of Cody Rhodes the first three games. Going to be Shout awesome. To the group, uh, there's a group of Iowa State tailgaters who – after every Iowa State win, they would bring me a shot of Cody Road by my camper, and they would just wait for me to get done with the Learfield postgame show to take a shot of whiskey with them. Shout out to them. That's a that's a hell of a group. But yeah, brother, um, what, let's get after it and talk. I want to talk really specifically about the quarterbacks yes. with you today. I know we've, we've touched on this prior to, but it's starting to take shape a little bit, and when I say that, from what I know, and they're not telling us everything, I, I fully realize we are not in the know, but I, I don't think uh, Tuesday, the 22nd of August, that there's a starter named within the program yet. And I, and I guess we need to just have this conversation. And I say this, Brent, with no inside knowledge, because I do not know if it's something Matt Campbell would consider doing. What are the chances that Iowa State has two quarterbacks play like real snaps, not not plays and back you know, up. Rocco got in last yeah. year against Simo, not like that. Like play real snaps in the first half. What what are the chances that happens? I guess for Iowa State, if the if the quarterback heat is as dead as it it's been presented to us, what are your thoughts on that? I think it's quite possible, uh, especially if you're if you're not sure. The what's the best way to find out if somebody's ready for game time? Play, play him in game time and you're not going to know until you, you you play and honestly Rocco Rocco played a little bit in garbage time against Simo in Ohio and then got some run in uh, the TCU game after that one got out of hand but we really haven't seen him in a meaningful moment yet 
and we clearly haven't seen J.J. Cole in a meaningful moment because he's a true freshman. So, yeah, I think it makes sense. Now, if one of them is substantially better, you play that one, but it just seems from the reports that they're pretty even. And so I think you just – and, and you get the adage, and I, I think it's a little bit of cliche, and I, I, I understand it, that if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have any. And we've heard that since the beginning of yeah. time. The thing is, if you don't have a clear front runner, how do you figure it out? I mean, we, we, like Hunter Decker is a good example of practice doesn't tell you everything. Like there is no better example that practice doesn't tell you anything. And so is Brock Purdy. Because honestly, if you just watch practice and you saw Brock Purdy and saw Hunter Decker, you're going to go, I yeah, like the bigger one. Yeah. That one, that guy, the bigger arm. That's the one I like. Um, it doesn't tell you everything. And so, We'll see. I mean, there's only one real way to find out, and that's I think you play them both. Now, has it is it is it traditional? No. Can it go sideways? Yes, and we we've seen that. We saw that under the Campbell regime, the uh, Lanning Park thing worked for a little bit, and then it got completely off track, and and didn't really work. Um, in in years past, yeah, I'll just give you another example. I'm going to go in the wayback machine seat up to 2000. Uh, Iowa State had two quarterbacks that were going to play in the first game against it was, or actually it was 99, excuse me, 99 against Indiana State. It was a, a Juco named Derek Walker and some uh, junior from Makokota that no, nobody had ever heard of named Sage Rosenfels. Well, Sage goes 52 yards to the house in the first series. They kept playing him. Derek mm-hmm. didn't see much time. Like he proved it right away. Sage won the job by being productive in the game. The plan yeah. was to play them both. And so I guess we'll see. I, I can, unless one is substantially better, I don't think it serves you well to just pick one just because you keep the competition going. And I do think we'll see them both, potentially even in the first half against you and I. Let me break each guy down from what I know. And this is this is dangerous because, again, we aren't allowed into practice like this. We're, we, don't, we only know so much. I, from what I know... I would lean Rocco and it's not necessarily like a ringing endorsement. Like, and it's not, it's not a slight at him, but let me explain. So one. Okay. So at the end of the day, I want the guy who's going to make fewer mistakes. That's all I care about. Yep. I don't think like either one of these guys is stand out above the other. Go out and win us a championship kid. I don't think the quarterback is going to be asked to do that on this Iowa state football team. So I want to make that very clear, like my baseline. My, my what I say, I would lean Rocco. It's more like still have questions on the offensive line, right? Yep. Like I, I've seen enough Iowa State quarterbacks in my twenty years of doing this get killed, and then they are seeing ghosts the rest of their career. I don't want to do that to to JJ Cole, um, because he's never he's never seen a life down in college football. Rocco has. Okay, he's got the experience over him. And, and two, um, because of that experience, it just it just feels like the game will be slower for Rocco because he's been out there. And these are important football games, trying to get to a bowl game, right? I know they're non-conference. I know it's an FCS team. Uh, I know anything can happen in the Iowa game. I know all of this. These are important football games if you're trying to get to six. Getting to postseason regularly is really important for Iowa State in this Campbell regime, in my opinion. You go from a program where for the longest time it was, man, when we peak, we're going to get up to the inside bowl or the Buffalo wild wings bowl or the right, like whatever. 
Well, this this program for a while now has been you you're consistently playing Clemson and Notre Dame and Oregon in bowl games. I I don't want to get to the point where Iowa State is consistently like on the bad years on the outside looking in. Once in a while, it's going to happen. I would like it to be where even in a rebuild, you're at six and six and and you're playing in the postseason. So these these early games, unless J.J. Cole has just been blowing people away, which maybe he has. Again, I I don't know. I I haven't seen a snap. I, I feel like the experienced guy may give you a better chance to win immediately. And then you always have the option to bring in Cole midway through like you did Brock Purdy down the stretch. So that, that that's just kind of where I'm at as far as where my head is, but I'm with you. I, I kind of feel like they may play both in, in week one. And I'm, and I'm really fascinated what that would look like. I don't think we will find out. You know, I don't think Matt Campbell's going to telegraph it like Jim Harbaugh did last year with JJ with McCarthy and Kay McNamara. I, I just, but mm-hmm. I, I, what do you, what do you think about my mindset there as far as why, like my and, yeah. and hassle on Iowa everywhere. Two guys named Chris. He is all in on JJ Cole. His opinion is start the young, talented guy and build around him and just start him and, and learn with him. But we we kind of saw that last year and it didn't work. Well, I think you don't know what team you have until you see it too. And they're two different guys. So I obviously I think yeah. you you build around what are your strengths and what are your weaknesses because they're two different quarterbacks. So I think that's the advantage here. They're not the same guy. So depending on the situation and how good is your offensive line, how good are your receivers, are your receivers better in the short pass game or are they in the long pass yeah, game? What's your tight end situation? What's your running back situation? The, the problem with Iowa State last year is Hunter Deckers was ultimately more of a drop, drop back passer that needed a good play action game. Iowa State couldn't run the ball and really couldn't block for a long period of time. Yeah. So what'd you get? You got a guy that threw a bunch, got sacked a bunch, and threw a bunch of interceptions because he never had any time, and that's not good. Now, where, where I'm looking at this is Rocco does not have a huge arm, but he might be able to move around a little bit and make some plays that aren't there. And, and if your line isn't great, maybe he gives you a better chance to keep drives alive, keep third downs alive. Mm-hmm. Where we know J.J.'s big, he's physical, he can take a hit, but he's not going to move around and make a bunch of plays with his legs. He's not, he's not a statue, but I, I just think it comes down to what, what type of offense do you have? Like, and we won't know that until Iowa State's on the field against somebody else. It's one thing to play your own team and arguably Iowa State's defense is going to be pretty good, but until you line up and see somebody else, it's really hard to know what strength suits you best, which, which again, I keep coming back to having two guys here is a good thing because they're different enough that you can mold what your offense is based on uh, even, even game by game if you want to. Like, it, Could you, we – I, I don't know. You may know more than me, I, and I'm sorry to interrupt, but should we yeah. be saying three guys with Tanner? Well, and, I, and I know he's not going to be your every down guy, but like I, I think – I don't want to overplay this because I was waiting for – two years to see the real Mitchell package, you know, like (laughs) we didn't see it against Monroe, buddy. We saw it against Monroe, but you know what I mean though? Like it it does sound like they're okay with third and one, you know, this is a Juco. He's experienced from what I've heard. He's been really good as far as work, work ethic, getting in, you know, 
you know, the, just a really good leader type in the quarterback room with a bunch of young guys. What do you think about that? Yeah, I, I, honestly, at the end of the day, whatever you can do to manufacture first downs, you use whoever you have. Mm-hmm. And if that's the big running quarterback on third and short, you put him in there just for that, even though if everybody knows you're running it, it worked with Lanning when he was in there. It yeah. did. It did. It worked great. Uh, and that was with the two quarterback system a lot of times. Like that, there is times where the park landing thing really did work well. Mm-hmm. Uh, ultimately, Jacob was part of the reason why that did work well because he 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 just you know long longer story that we don't need to tell here. But if you're getting first downs, sustaining drives, ultimately that leads to points. So I think as fans, you get caught up in this you know, glamour shot position of, oh, we need the John Elway quarterback who's going to be the guy. We need our Patrick Mahomes. In reality, I kind of look at it as a uh, an equation. You need to pick up 10 yards per, per series, get a first down, no matter how you do it, and find the defense's weak, weakness and, and make it happen. Ultimately, yeah, I hope it's a Brock Purdy situation where he just comes in and wins the job, whoever it is. But if, he, if there's not that guy and you need to piece it together, then you piece it together – I'm telling you, C-Dub, this is what I, I dig in a little bit more this week as we're finally able to talk about football. Iowa State was so bad but between the 20s and converting third downs that you were 10 points, 10 points behind the second-to-last place team in the Big 12 in, in points per game. So if you can find a quarterback that can get first down, sustain drives, and ultimately lead to points – I don't, I don't care if it's the, the wildcat position. You just need to move the chains at the end of the day. Yeah, and that's why. I, why not? I want the guy, whatever combination that's going to make fewer mistakes. One because, other, and I, yeah. Can I add one more thing I've been thinking about since our conversation on Sunday? Yeah. I think in a, in a way, Iowa State got lulled into a sense of security with how good Purdy, Hall, Kohler, and Allen were in that in Hutchinson too. Those guys were so good. And look what they've now all done, even now Hutchinson at the next level already is, is proving some people wrong. That I thought you were, I'm, I'm sorry. I thought you were Yeah, no, so that that my my point is that I think you maybe you didn't think you had to do enough scheming and actual work and you know game plan. Not that Tom Manny didn't do that, but I think they were so good that you can say, oh we've got it figured out when maybe in all actuality, some of that was the talent you had on your roster two years previous. Now that Iowa State had a coming down to earth year last year, yeah. you focus, figure out what, what's working, and put your hard hat on and try and grind it away. I thought you were going to say, uh, um, like an awakening where the offense was so good in those first three weeks because even against Iowa, nope. now they didn't score much, but they were they moved the ball really efficiently against that awesome defense. Yeah, and that's another good point is that that was part of it too. Is you got lulled into the sense that hey, we're going to be okay. It's going to be just like last year. And then when when stuff hit the fan, you did not handle it very well for whatever uh-huh. reason. Yeah, I, I just – the more I think about it, and we've kind of been like therapeutic for one another, I feel like talking through this, this offseason, is I am – I'm going in as – my friend Hal Mummy would not be happy with me. I'm very conservative with this offense this year. Who's going to make the fewest amount of mistakes? How much game can we suck away from the opposing team? Keep our defense fresh and um, win a lot of games in the teens and the 
low twenties. That's hope you, that's hope you make I, some kicks. Make, make some kicks. You, you got to make some kicks, and they got to force more turnovers. I, I mean, at the end of the day, like, and you got to you got to really put this offense in because I it's just I don't know. This is where I'm settling. You lose your starting running back. You lose a starting tight end. You lose a starting quarterback. You know, we'll find out on Rimsburg what where where that thing ends up. It's just. You kind of got to you, – you use the word right, manufacture, man. This is NL baseball here, right? We're stealing bases, bunting. Dead on. Dead on. And that's why <laughs> I think this offense, in a weird way, was better with Kyle Kemp than it was Hunter Deckers is because they knew they were never going to be just out-talent somebody from the quarterback. They had to manufacture yeah. their way down the field. And that was a team with Hakeem Butler, David Montgomery, and Alan Lazar. Well, that's fair too. Yeah, I mean that's. <laughs> hey, that's yeah, yeah, I, I mean, I think this Higgins is going to be pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that's, that team actually did have a lot of talent. That's well, like, yeah. here's the though, but even that team, like, if you go back and you watch those games, like watch the Liberty Bowl. It was really windy that day. Yeah, it wasn't an offensive explosion though. God, like. Kyle Kemp did, you know, he won the greatest win in Iowa State Cyclone football history. Like, so I'm not listening. I'm not taking anything away from the guy, but your son Everett has an arm <laughs> comparable. You know, uh-huh. like, <laughs> but to prove me, I'm proving your point. Yeah, it's yeah. just Kemp, but he could be trusted. And he, a- he was really smart and he saw the field and he, you know, and that's where I'm at. Yep. A week before this season is like, listen, Cole looks like an NFL guy, like early on, like I all whatever for this team to win with that elite defense, what I'm hearing about the defense, there's probably a reason we're hearing more about the defense than the offense. Mm-hmm. I, I want the guy who's going to take care of the football. Cause if you had that guy last year, you may have won seven or eight games and you didn't. Yep. And even with the battle line, even with the miss kicks, you just kept putting yourself in one bad spot after another. And but I could say the same with like Deckers. It's like, well, if he had a kicker or if he had a line last year, maybe he wouldn't have tried to do everything by himself. It's a, you know. But so now you we- have now. I think that with the advantage here is Deckers has been gone since May. Now you have you've had the opportunity to plan like, okay, how do we maximize both of our guys? And the point that we've made before that is extremely helpful, and it's not the same as the Brock Purdy situation, is J.J. Cole got here in January. That is huge. So he didn't just show up last Correct. week, yeah. right? So he's been around. And Everybody so did trust Hughes, the guy. Right? Yeah, Hughes got here. Well, he was close. Uh, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I misspoke there. Yeah. Right. He did not. And let, so, but the thing is, back to the mistake thing, uh, Hunter Decker's, was last in the country in most interceptions from a power five quarterback dead last. Like you just for as low tempo as Iowa state was last year, you can't have it. And it wasn't all his fault. So the receivers got to catch the ball too. And there's a lot of deflections that weren't his fault. Don't get me wrong. But I, I just think a year where things went so sideways offensively, what seals you need to hit rock bottom before you can rebuild. And that was rock bottom on offense. And so I would say knows what it has to do. Does it have the personnel to do it? I think we've recruited okay. Obviously, it's recruited okay. But how do you put the pieces to manufacture some points, manufacture first downs, which leads to points and drives in the whole thing? Thank a couple of our sponsors here uh, before we move on on Williamson Plume Wednesday. Kelderman Manufacturing, my main man, uh, Gary Kelderman, back in 1977, invented what is called the Kelderman Corn Reel. 
the original down corn reel. And this is another great local company. So they're down in Oskaloosa. What they do is they bend all the spokes in that corn reel. So it works in standing corn. It can save your wind damaged corn. Farmers, listen up. Harvest is coming up. I want you to remember my friends at Kelderman Manufacturing. They farm themselves. They test all of their own products. If you've got a problem in the field, give our friends at Kelderman Manufacturing a call. They have a beautiful website as well. Gravitate Coworking has been with us for years now on Williams & Bloom. I want you to check them out at gravitatecoworking.com and find out all of their fantastic co-working spaces. This is one that's really picking up. You're starting to see more people tweeting at us. That's my favorite thing is when you guys use our sponsors and you tweet at us and you let us know. We've seen a lot of Gravitate Coworking ones here in the last couple of weeks. It feels like people with, with fall, you know, people getting back more into routines and that's picking up there. So gravitatecoworking.com. We appreciate them sponsoring us here on the Psych One Fanatic Podcast Network. Um, Rob Gray had a great story. I thought today on Easton Dean for Cyclone Fanatic in the tight end room. I, I, I don't think I'm nuts here. I think this tight end room in two years, we'll look back at it and be like, wow, that was really special or it, it is really special. One of the guys kind of what I took from today's deal with Rob is that maybe Easton Dean isn't going to be like this household name, like Charlie Kohler was, but Easton's really taken on like a leadership role with all yeah. of these young tight ends. I was glad that Rob was able to highlight it and that, you know, we just talked about the offense and we didn't discuss the tight end position at all. And I feel like that might be, that could be Matt and Nate Shieldhouse's ace in, you know, ace in the hole this year. At least they feel like it. We'll we'll see how long it takes the youth to really stabilize there, you know, because it is very young. But man, it Easton Dean was having a pretty good year last year, Brent, and then he got hurt in that Kansas game and really kind of struggled after that. That that's the thing is, and we don't hear about it during the season. But I thought that quote was really good. And and by the way, kudos to Rob for fu- to find stories like that. Man, that's the, just it's just really really enjoyable to have him back on the squad. But, and he had a great Dominic Orange story this week yeah. too. I thought to highlight him and everything going on there for sure. And, and again, there's so many new characters that we haven't heard about yet because they are so new. Even like Easton Dean and um, Dominic Orange, who have been around, but you just haven't heard their stories yet. That's been fun. But, you know, Easton said in that story, I didn't want to let my team down, so I played hurt. Well, you know, they were so young last year that he felt obligated, like he had to be out there. You know, you had him and you had Deshaun Hanneke, who was more of a pass catching tight end. Um, and it was really Steve O'Klotz. And um, I don't know. I mean, you, you need, he felt like he needed to be out there, which I respect the heck out of that. Like if you talk to Easton stand up, dude loves Iowa state just wants to help the team out. And, you know, I think he did get hurt and it hurt the team in a weird way because they didn't have anybody else to replace him this year. There uh, are Especially options. with the struggling line. Yeah. With the struggling line, everything else. And because you know, then perhaps- the rest of the tight ends, you could telegraph everything. Well, this is a passing down. This, they're trying to run now. And Dean was kind of the, the guy could do it. Yeah. And he comes kind of stuck and like, what do, what do we, what do you want me to do here? And he wasn't playing a hundred percent. And I just think with the options you have at tight end that are young, but man, when these guys have been high on tight ends before, 
they've usually been pretty correct. I mean, if you think about in 2016, Iowa State's tight ends caught four balls total. Mm-hmm. And then the next year, they're like, well, hey, we got some young guys that are they're going to be pretty good. And everyone's like, okay, yeah, Iowa State hasn't used a tight end in 15 years. Your dad had the famous argument with Tom Herman about why don't you ever use your tight end, um, which is hilarious Dude, with Tom Herman. Which, it's just so funny that my dad has somehow infiltrated the last two Iowa State coaching staffs yeah. only about the tight end. Yeah. When I saw Matt at Media Day this year, Matt said to me, tell your dad the tight end position's coming back. Yeah. <laughs> and, so they- like, it's just funny. Like, somehow my dad ends up in these offensive coaching rooms and about just yeah, do- harassing these coaches about using the tight ends more. Okay. Anyway, do it, do it for funny. Mike Williams. But, but, uh, but st- so, crazy. by the way, congratulations to Steve for getting on scholarship. That's pretty cool. But you just got numbers there that I think – will grow into a really good room. They are really excited about the young talent, and maybe that talent wasn't quite ready last year. Now it might be. So, again, one of those steps, when you talk about manufacturing points, you don't need to go from zero to 100, but if you go from zero to 50, you make up a big part of that gap, and third and six becomes third and three, right? I mean, that's the thing about football is you just just got to be a little bit better to make the next play easier. And I mm-hmm. think that's where that tight end room can come in. And if Easton's healthy and appears to be, see, uh, do you know how big he is? I stood next to him the yeah. other day. And big again, I, I, everyone's big to me. I get the joke. But he's, <laughs> he's 6'6", 265. Like he yeah. is. And he is. I, I played golf with him this summer. Man, he hits the ball a long, long way. He, he's a natural he athlete. Yeah, he's a quarterback. And so I think, you know, I'm excited for him to prove that there was a hype around him. He got hurt. He hasn't really played full-time minutes when he's been healthy, and now he gets that chance to, to live up to that, that tight end moniker for Iowa State. Yeah, it'll be fascinating to see how that plays. I think Bramer will play all 12 games for what it's yeah, worth. Yeah, and then Burkle's been awesome in fall camp. Yeah. Keller's I, been a little dinged up, but he's going to be a talented player. Um, and then you've still got reliable Steve O'Klotz. I mean, is this offense going to be – Twin tights a lot. It, it, it is. This like is, it. This, this, uh, honestly, you want to run the ball and manufacture first downs, that's how you do it. Where you've got, you know, you've got your Sion Buckner role. You've got your – which I actually think, like, kind of hurt them the seven and five year in a weird way because I thought that it it didn't allow Brees and some of those guys to really work in space. Oh, two years ago. Yep, yeah. that's fair. But I think now – it makes way more sense. I, I think kind of like what you said with the Kemp thing where he's better than Deckers for this offense. I almost think like this offense is better for a team that's trying to get to seven and five as opposed to a team that's trying to get to the college football playoff, right? It's an interesting point. There's, there's a difference. Yeah. There's a difference. I thought, and there's back to, to connect all the dots here. I thought last year's Iowa State offense played like a team – that thought it had five-star talent. And, and, and in some places it did. Uh, yeah. But I think, I think Iowa State's I – don't, I don't think – I don't want to say the word ego, but expectations got above where they were at from a depth and foundation standpoint. They were playing like they still had Brock Purdy, Brees Hall, and Charlie Kohler when they didn't do that. And what happens is you get yourself into a whole host of mistakes because when your guys aren't as good and you're a couple inches off, it leads to huge problems. All right, Bloom. I got to get to Vegas. Appreciate your time. Let's get this off season over with, please. I'm ready. I'm ready, buddy.
this has been the to. worst off season of of all time, and I'm so excited to get back on Sunday, and we're gonna do our normal uh, show to start the week. You know, I'm bringing Sunday to mix in with her Cody Road, or as a as a compliment to the Cody Road. The Ames Logger. The Ames Logger is on the shelves on Thursday, everybody. It's on there. Hope to see you all in Okaboji Thursday. Tell us about this. So, like, anybody yeah. can go to this? Anybody. Free. It's free. Up in Okaboji, West O Brewery. I'll be there. My wife will be there. A couple of members of our We Will team will be there. It's the official launch of Ames Lager from, fresh from the tap at West O and Okaboji, 6 to 8. That's awesome. I actually was thinking about this the other day, and, you know, I like to collect things, which <laughs> my favorite. So, I have this beautiful um, die-cast car collection. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see the, I mean, it's tens of thousands of dollars worth, like, cause my uncle left them to me when he died and it's kind of like a family tradition. And then, you know, my, my goal is that some year I can pass them on and like, whatever it's a, it's a Williams thing and bloom where I'm, I'm like showing him like after I got them all displayed for the first time, bloom's like, I don't understand why people collect things. (laughs) What I think I want to do is around my bar in my basement, wouldn't it be cool to collect these beers from across the country? Yeah. Like these branded beers. Yeah. Just the, like, just have one of them. Cause I don't think this will be a thing in 10 years. I, I, yeah, not, <laughs> not at this current situation where there's one a week. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, but like how cool would it be to be like, Oh my, he has the like two helmet. lane beer. Yeah. It's like the helmets from back in the day. Like, Oh shit. He's got the UMass beer. Okay, That's it's hard phenomenal. to get. Cause you gotta go, you, you gotta go yeah. get it. I don't want to drink them. Yeah. I, just want, I want like one of each to have like on a shelf. Here's the great thing about all the beers of all the beers that have come out. There's one beer that you can there's consume like, mass like quantities of. And that is the Ames lager. Well, you guys nailed that. That was my thing the whole time. It's like, if you're going to do one of the, like I, yeah. I'm almost 40 and the, the hazy IPA one that came out today looks really cool. Like looks the can yeah, looks great. I bet well, like, I can only drink two of those because yeah, I'm really. just getting to the like I'm going to be at Circa this weekend. Like five years ago, I would have been drinking IPAs. I will probably drink Coors Light the entire time. There you go. Bro, honestly, because like I just can't do it anymore. Yeah. I'm old. Yeah, that you guys nailed it and getting like the lightest one possible. That's that's the key. I, but please, uh, if you if you get one, take a picture, put it online. Uh, let me know what you think. And uh, yeah, what about start- this coffee? Because honestly, oh, yeah. I think that that I don't, I really oh, don't drink a ton of beer anymore. I prefer my Cody Road. Yeah, I, I will drink your Ames Lager. I'm not. No, I just I usually just have like one cocktail anymore. I don't yep. get like hammered like the kids. Yep. Um how do I get this coffee? Because this, this is the one I think I'm going to consume the most of, of yeah. what you're doing. So, uh, Friday morning, I know you're gonna be gone, but for the, for the rest of, uh, the folks of us that don't get the VIP experience at Circa in Vegas, uh, um, before I brought you with me the first time, uh, we're going to be at uh, Northern vessel coffee company off of Keogh in Des Moines from eight to 10 with the initial run of about 2000 cans. But then oh, it'll wow. be online for everybody across the world here in about ten days. That's awesome. To get the next batch in, so it's it's coming too. And we actually the cool part, CW, we have a commercial coming out next week. I saw um, your your tweet about this. this yeah, looks- it, it, it's so it's funny. I got somebody from Iowa State reached out and they said, "Hey, uh, Bloom, uh, 
these guys can't be having cold brews on on a commercial. That's you can't have alcohol anymore in NIL. It's like, no, no, it's not alcohol. It's it's coffee. It's a canned coffee. Like, oh, they, well, that is, they can be caffeinated. That's okay. That's so hilarious. anyway, we had we had Trey King, uh, big big Rob Energy, the chief energy officer, and Tame and Lipsy in a commercial Wait, for us. The CEO is just really taken off in the last year. Uh, the CEO is unbelievable in this commercial. I can't wait for people to see it. That's great, man. But anyway, that well, that'll be uh, you're doing good work. You have I've I've told people in private I'm not I'm not pumping you up. I that you have the hardest job in college athletics. Oh, it's 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 been fun. You get to work with some cool dudes like those four guys. But I think you know honestly, it does all add up. So if you guys can buy some Ames Lager, buy some cold brew, buy the Iowa State vodka. Yeah, I don't think people not- realize how much buying these things and even like T-shirts through us like actually matter. It, it is huge. It really is. So, again, that's something, even if you don't believe in NIL or your friends don't believe in NIL or your old uncle doesn't believe in NIL, well, dang it, they can still buy a beer and help the cause. Yeah, I just, I just love, too, that, like, we're, we've gotten to the point. It's like, we're these, <laughs> these rich um, institutions that won't pay the players. So it's just like, hey, just get hammered, and we're going we're gonna to proxy it to the players that way it's it's don't, phenomenal Chris, like get hammered and caffeinate yourself and we will pay the players don't think too hard about it just, <laughs> just, you know, put yourself in a pretzel buddy trust me i, mean, I love it i think it's great that is phenomenal <laughs> Half what, Vegas. but that's way better than being like hey like you, you know at least you get something for this like you know like come on just buy the damn beer and the beer and the coffee are good i've had them both you're, you're uh, paying your you're paying your team you're, you know, you're helping increase the cap by drinking. <laughs> just buy the damn beer. I'm gonna buy one every time I go to Fairway from now. Uh, I'm just gonna pick up a Ames Lager. Thank, you, thank you, buddy. Appreciate, appreciate you all, and we will see you at. Go in on uh, some blackjack, would you? Ah, yeah, I, uh, I might take it easy this time. I, I haven't been feeling you long, well. You got a long couple weeks ahead, buddy. I, I do. It's just like if I go out and do like what we did in December. <laughs> And then all of a sudden I come back and it's like kickoff. Like I just like, I can't do it physically. Like, and I, I got, I thought like actually work on Thursday and Friday and then Saturday, it'll just be shenanigans of me and Chris Hassel on Twitter and Ted Flint in Kansas is coming. Oh no. Yeah. Ted Flint's going to show up. If you should do a deal with him and just give him like a case of Ames lager and just let him do stuff. Working on him and Cyclone Larry with that. Um, perfect, perfect. Just be beware the Uber driver rating. <laughs> <laughs> Man. And that's leave it at that. Oh, good. What a time to be alive. Yeah. All right. Uh, thanks, Bloomy. Appreciate you, it. Buddy. He's Brent Bloom. My name is Chris Williams. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Williams and Bloom podcast here on your Wednesday. We will be back on Sunday evening. And uh, we'll get our normal uh, game week schedule out for you guys as far as what podcasting looks like. I'm kind of finalizing that, what it's going to look like, what days everything are on, but we'll do that for you. Thanks to all of our great sponsors. We'll be back on Sunday night. Sunday night.